Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. I'm going to do a really quick weather report oh, today. Of course well, you are. Are we here, recording? We are. Oh, All right, hi. here we are. Legacy Matters. Uh, Jim. Jim. Sarah. <laughs> Sam. Sam. No, Sam. Yeah. People always say quickly, they're, they say, the, the guys have to introduce themselves because I'm hopefully obvious. So You've heard oh, that yeah. as feedback? I have. Really? Yeah, sure have. Huh. Oh, well. Okay. Fine. So what's, yeah. I figure if you're listening to the show, you probably know who we are, but yeah. not really. No. Maybe, you, maybe you've only listened to one or one. Well, I'm Jim. Jim. J- James. James. <laughs> Jim. Jim. <laughs> I was going to say. God. Oh my God. I didn't know who I was. This is why Monday. we don't introduce ourselves. So, <laughs> we had, so we what did, did I just say? Did I, don't, I combine I don't know, but Jim, Jim and James? I'm going to save you. <laughs> we had our company I founded event last night, right. which company I founded.com. It went swimmingly, but, um, uh, Ben's daughter Tess who was just lovely she was our door person she's in fifth grade mm-hmm. and she came in and she was calling all of us Sam so, something and I said call Sam and Jim Sim and Jam yes because that's, that's right. how I'm with you guys so much that <laughs> yeah. I get confused in my brain yep. she just thought that was the cutest thing that's anyway. really funny anyway <laughs> yeah. weather report Jim. you know what it's report. beautiful it's nice it's and little, sunny today it's a little crisp it's crisp you're right. It is crisp. <laughs> brisk. Yeah, brisk. 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 Um, it's a fall day in Minnesota, and yeah. it's gorgeous. It is. It enjoy is. it because remember, it was snowing yesterday. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's crazy. <laughs> Just don't we're still, complain. We still survive. Uh, anyway, thanks for thanks for joining us uh, or listening to our show, I should say. And let's just do it real quick. Go ahead and subscribe. Leave us subscribe. Comments, leave us comments. Stuff. Email info at legacymatterspodcast.com. Perfect. Yep. All right, so let's introduce our guest since uh, time is a little short today. Yep. Uh, So Lily Shaw. Welcome, Lily. Hi, Lily. Hi. Hi. (laughs) We got so caught up just chatting before. I know. We've like for the last one hour. Yeah, I know. She's going to have to come in again. Yeah. Uh, Lots to talk about. Sharing all kinds of stuff. So, Lily, we met you uh, at the the One Million Cups. Yep. Yep. James J. Hill Center. Yep, we did our little Mm -hmm. presentation. You've since segued into a few different things. So many. So you want to just, you know, give us a overview? overview. Quick (laughs) overview. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's a lot. Absolutely. So I have uh, segued, I've I've stayed into, into, in the entrepreneurial community, um, but in different capacities. So that's what the James J. Hill Center did, is supported entrepreneurs. So now I am working for a startup actually, which is crazy. I've never worked for a startup and it has a really different energy. It's very exciting in a different mm. way than a nonprofit. Like things actually happen and move forward. <laughs> <laughs> really quickly. Uh, I've got a nonprofit yeah. that hasn't done anything in years. <laughs> I know exactly what you Most mean. of them don't. <laughs> in nonprofits, I just feel like there's a lot of conversation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, oh, we should do, we need to do that. We're going to do that. Let's go get a grant for that. Let's make that happen. And in startups, it's like, let's do that. And it happens the next day. So it's yep. been an interesting pace to get used to. So it's Startup Space, which is um, an entrepreneurial ecosystem app that interconnects and desilos the ecosystem for the entrepreneur and then really helps map it for the economic development organization or any other large organization. So it's it's a really fantastic way, I think, for entrepreneurs to get asked access to what they need at the right stage. So I'm doing that. That's a really great resource. I do yeah. love, I just got to point out, um, so you mentioned... Sarah, uh, 
company I founded, and then yours is startup space. So it's mm-hmm. like they both kind of there's a little bit of a play on words in both of them. Like the startup space yeah. is a startup and yeah. company I founded is just getting started. Just getting founded. <laughs> I just think that's <laughs> kind of funny. We're <laughs> so, clever. so clever. So clever. So clever. You know, it's so important <laughs> to say exactly what it is so people can recognize it. You know? uh, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, so. I'm, I'm working on that. And then I'm also um, continuing on with a program that was started at the James J. Hill Center. That's a national program called Co-Starters, which is a, Uh, a nine week actually um, uh, from idea to business model and it's to really open up the pipeline for um, for entrepreneurship so it's for people who have an idea but just really need to look at whether it's a sustainable one because the biggest issue we see so often is when startups happen and then they fail within the first two years because they haven't really looked at what are my lines of revenue and how can I actually sustain this model Mm. so co-starters is all about opening up the funnel right and so uh it and it's a facilitated program so i i'm not claiming to be an expert in any way shape or form but i'm really good at talking to people and Mm. drawing out um, their ideas and um, having a whole bunch of people in a room to share and connect and build community so co-starters is a national program out of chattanooga tennessee really created by just some fantastic uh, individuals that really, really just want to create opportunity and access. And so I'm going to be doing that program that is uh, fiscally sponsored by Forge North and supported by the Knight Foundation and the James J. Hill Center. So I'll be doing that. There you go. Great. Yeah. Do you ever, with that type of program, do you ever have to tell people like the brutally honest truth and say... This, just this is not going to work. Yeah, you yeah. know, I don't tell them. Sure. They discover it. Okay. Uh, but yeah. one of the, I think, um, so if you look at it in terms of like what does success mean for this program, it's not that everybody walks out with a business. It's that everybody walks in as an individual and either realizes that their idea might not be the right time for it mm-hmm. or it might not actually work in the form that it has. Mm-hmm. So somebody actually realizing, hey, this isn't the path for me <laughs> is is important and yeah, actually a success. is a success, yeah. you know, cuz it's 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 about opening up the funnel but also helping people not lose money. And yes. so, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's um yeah, it's it's been really interesting to watch. I would never tell somebody they can't do their idea. I think that it's a self-discovery of finding out, first of all, is uh, the entrepreneurial community is, is challenging. It's hard, the startup community, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I think we giggle because yeah. we, we agree. Yeah, so like the, the first period of time is really looking at, is this the right fit for me, right? And then you got to look at your customer. You know, so it's it's a journey over those um, nine weeks, uh, and it's also a really great way for people to work with other entrepreneurs. We try to really make sure that there's um, people from different communities and different um, backgrounds. I, I mean, it depends on who applies for each thing, but it's uh, it's really fantastic to get a slice of our community in there so that they're working together. There's been partnerships that have formed. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's it's great. And then, and then to have access to startup space so that they can then start interacting on that. It's just... Seems so, like a natural fit. Yeah, sort of everything I'm doing right now kind of mm-hmm. oddly interconnects. Yeah. I'm still doing... You're a community builder. I'm tr- I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, evolved into sure this uh, by accident. You know, I'm still doing one million cups too, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, we've moved to um, the Glenn Nelson Center out which, of James J. Hill because yeah. they they closed. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, one million cups came out of 
uh, Women Cups St. Paul came out of James J. Hill. And uh, we have found another community support um, at Osborne 370 on the fifth floor where um, Glenn Nelson Center, which is supported by NPR, and Lunar Startups is located. Okay. And so that's now where One Million Cups St. Paul, where I met you guys at, (laughs) is now um, doing its bi-weekly meet. And then we are partnered with One Million Cups Minneapolis in order to sort of bridge that river. You can't bridge the gap between Minneapolis to. and St. Paul. We We're no, there's no way. Day. We are working on it. They don't like us, and we don't like them. But we, right. the cops community, love each other. Yes. And so we are trying to bridge that divide. Yeah. You don't need a passport to come mm-hmm. to St. Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an ongoing it's joke ongoing. on our or show. Or a valid driver's <laughs> license. You can just, anyone can drive over there. So we're working on it. We're working on it. it. So we share every other uh, week and we we actually have oh. presenters come to both locations and we have people come mm-hmm. to both locations Great. so it's, okay. yeah we're, we're small steps yeah yeah i mean it, it, we we've got all these musicians in and it seems like half of them are on on the saint paul side and they kind of apologetically say <laughs> like i live in saint paul or they're like god i hate Don't, coming over here to yeah. minneapolis you know? <laughs> we have had a few of those people <laughs> I love yeah. both. I, love I know both. they're both great. Cities. Yeah, I think it's awesome. It's uh, it's like the rivalry between Minnesota and Wisconsin. Like, right. mm-hmm. it, you know, I, I lived for a brief period of time in in Azerbaijan, and and the Azeris and the Armenians have been in a war for forever, and the the entire country is smaller than Wisconsin. So I'm trying to think of like. Like, well, what would that mean? Like, Green Bay is at war with Madison or Milwaukee or something? I, like, I, I don't fully understand I it. I don't even know. I think this is all... F- I'm from Wisconsin, so... Yeah, I mean, I, what's the... I think it's kind of fun that we have a play rivalry. Yeah, it not, is, it's not it a is. real rivalry. It's more rivalry, of a ball you know? rivalry. Because we, yes. we, we need each other, right? Well, I mean... We share a lot of the same values. I love a... We I, take our cheese away from you then. Well, here. yeah, okay, all right. I apologize. That would hurt. Uh, yes, that we would hurt. Plus, I, I love Connie cheese. Girl accent is it's always got to me because I grew up in Madison partially, oh, okay. and it's, it's just something okay. in the way Scotty girls <laughs> you talk. Like I'm it? Like, oh yeah, it's just, it reminds me of my youth. You know, <laughs> it brings you my back. coming of age. I'm trying to. So I'm going back to. I segued over to this random stuff, but I'm going home to Madison this weekend. And I lost my Wisconsin accent. Yeah, you don't. You don't, I don't have a. I don't even know if I can try it. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Anyway, I bet you it. could get it back. Well, we'll see. I got I, my I Minnesota one back. I was gone for years, and I just had somebody when I was traveling recently Oof-da. say, "Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. from Minnesota, aren't you? Really? Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. You betcha. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went. Oh, all my years in acting school. Because you were in me from Minnesota, that, Wisconsin. It, they're both pretty clean, mm, though. Like no, 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 no. You were in New when York, right? When I was right? in California, yes. okay. everyone so that's, I was picked in, up on my accent. And, and talk about rivalry. Not rivalry, but New York, Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I lived in the Upper West Side for the first year I was there. But then my best friend lived in Brooklyn, and I could never get there on the weekends because they like, cut all the trains mm-hmm. <laughs> to get there. And so I eventually moved to Brooklyn. And that whole that whole difference reminds me a lot of St. Paul, Minneapolis. What about the... Because I was in New York for 11 years before I moved here. And it's like dating. It's like, do you date somebody that lives in Brooklyn if you live in Manhattan or vice versa? Because you're like the commute and like, it's different. It's weird. <laughs> different. Well, so that's the same no. with Minneapolis, St. Oh, Paul. It like, is. Yeah, it but is. anyway. I mean, parts of, I live south uh, east corner of Minneapolis and do a lot of work in the southwest corner of St. Paul. 
And there, I mean, it's literally 15 minutes yeah. across the Ford Parkway to get to our jobs and stuff. Yet it seems like, oh, God, I got to go to St. Paul. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, where am I going to get something to takes- drink in St. Paul? Like, coffee is what I was thinking oh, more. But funny. Yeah, like, I'm lost completely. Hills. I'm like, yeah, where right. am I? You know? And everything's quiet downtown. Oh, See, you, you work in Minneapolis and you live in St. Paul. That's Saint, what people just, have said. Right. Do you live in St. Paul? I do. Okay. St. Paul's a great place to raise a kid. That's what we've heard. It's a beautiful community. We know that. (laughs) It's all good. We love St. Paul. Lily, where did you grow up? I grew up in southern Minnesota. Okay. uh, In the country. Where? Uh, Well, I say Mankato because it's on the map, but it was outside of Mankato. Actually, there was a period of time I lived outside of Waseca as well. Yeah. Um, uh, But outside of Mankato, uh, in numerous different farmhouses. Mm I, came, I love those little communities, like Jackson and stuff. Yeah, well, I, south? mine was, our house was the only one on the gravel road. So <laughs> yeah. let's just say that the bus wouldn't come pick us up sometimes if it, winter was too, oh, yeah. was too uh-huh. much. Yeah. So we lived pretty far out there. When I was 13, we moved into Lake Crystal, which mm-hmm. is 20 minutes out of Mankato. Um, but most of my uh, informative youth was in, um, in the country. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. uh, were you? Were, was your family farmers? Was it? No, I have an interesting okay background. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, so I was born in a very communal atmosphere. Ah. Yes, you don't get the middle name Love for nothing. Oh, and so uh, for a period of time, we actually lived um, in a small commune outside of Mankato, and then we did relocate for a period of time and lived in Oregon. Uh, until they realized that there wasn't a water source there that would be sustainable. And so then we came back and um, lived in Minnesota. And another commune in Oregon? A uh, commune in Oregon, what yeah. What part of Oregon? It was uh, near Crater Lake. Okay, because I was born in Portland. Because oh, my folks, yeah. yeah, my folks in the 70s, they moved out to Oregon too. Uh, yeah, yeah, so there's a lot <laughs> of, yes, yeah. Oregon was the draw. It, there was, yeah. yeah. So I, I was very young at that time. Yeah. So I was... Um, uh, and by the time we moved back to Minnesota was when I was about four to five, around five. Then we were pretty much set in Minnesota, and then the commune had pretty much broke up at okay. that period mm-hmm. of time. And so, but I do have very fond memories of it. And um, and so then we lived in the country most of my younger life. We didn't have a TV, yeah. So I uh, I, lis- I used to listen to Little House on the Prairie on the radio. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where I heard that, and I would listen to um, NPR all the time. That's like where I heard Watership Downs was read oh. on the radio, and where I heard um, Treasure Island, uh, Wind in the Door, Swiftly Tilting Planet. All those things were um, NPR were read to me, but we didn't have a TV until until Grandma went on vacation and lent us her lent is that there always yeah. lent, lent. lent. Yeah. i always Long, always I used to say borrowed Long. but that was wrong so right. she lent us her tv and uh, i guess we got the bite right oh and instantly then yeah, right? instantly uh, and so then you. yeah it did yeah. it did and, until i got to see faulty towers Oh. That was what we would public, watch. Public television. Public mm-hmm. television. Because mm-hmm. that's all we could really get. Yeah. <laughs> so we was, it, was it a console? Like, was it one of the... Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah. enormous one with the speakers on the side. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a cabinet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah huge. Um, I loved those. But we didn't get one of those until I was... I 
in between 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. Really, yep. so. I, so I never was that, like the MTV, like I never had any <laughs> of that. <laughs> like I never, like when people talk about all that, I was like, I, I don't even know what yeah. you're talking about. I don't about. even know what you You didn't catch about. that. No, no, no. But my grandma, when I would stay at my other grandma's house, she had a TV, you know, and I would okay. stay up late. Yeah, but you never really got the cable. Like, you no. never got to stay at someone's house who had the MTV. Oh, yeah. Mm. No, we never oh. had the cable mm. yeah. at all. Right. I, I, I didn't really either. It. But, uh, it, like, uh, I remember we moved into an apartment in Madison that, you know, it was like free free HBO and mm-hmm. cable for a month or something. And, and we HBO had it, and I was like, oh, my God, deal. what is all of this? And then it right. went away. <laughs> God, I'm trying to remember. What was the first cable thing? It was Spectrum TV? Was oh it Spectrum? God. I don't even know. Maybe. It was something like that. I, I have a hazy memory of that first. <laughs> but I remember MTV, obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. when that came out, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I'm, you can imagine my brain ever. melted. Jim, but like he... He's oh a yeah, hair metal guy when he was growing up in <laughs> for sure. Crystal. Yeah, and so I'm sure that and was like new wave huge. and the whole bit. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, you know, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, you know, I I look now. You know, I have an eight year old daughter who we try not to watch TV very often. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think about the time like of not having a TV. How much I played outside. Oh and yeah. Built yeah. forts and I made things and. It was it was such a good childhood to yep. not have that, and it's so hard now to not have it because everything is. I mean, even her school, you know, you have to mm-hmm. have an iPad. You've got to look at screens all mm-hmm. the time. And we recently bought a new house, and our TV mm-hmm. is not in the living room anymore. It's downstairs, mm-hmm. and it has reduced the amount that my daughter watches TV by like I'd say seventy five percent, right? Which I think is. So awesome you know i do too i i try not to uh get into the whole thing and and you know to each their own yeah sort of. yeah and and, yeah. and i'm guilty of watching enough tv oh here and there God, and stuff course. but yeah. i uh, love tv <laughs> <laughs> without tv it's it is an amazing thing it's I mean, so cool especially this especially day and age Netflix all this stuff and yeah. prime oh and all the cool i just don't shows. watch anything with commercials like, yeah I, neither that, do exactly. i exactly very right. but very do you, that's what i'm talking about do you realize like when you're in a bar and there's tvs on and you're chatting with somebody and you can see the tv here your eyes are always like it sucks you're kind of always looking to see what's going on yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. Want to miss i don't think i do that though really? because i didn't have a tv when okay. i was young so I, my husband however is Doesn't. always distracted by it like I'm, I'm hello i know hello. and you're yeah, yeah. i don't know what it is and my daughter will freeze and right. watch it but i right. you just I've, you haven't been poisoned like us. so <laughs> lily this is really interesting because <laughs> because you know bringing it full circle will uh, but i mean today you're like heavy in mm-hmm. tech startups yes, mm-hmm. i mean I you are all digital Screen. yeah i mean mm-hmm. you're you're in t- so how did that how did you get into this <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, isn't that the question we get asked too? Like, yeah. how in the hell do we get into this? I mean, well, you know, here I, it is. What I find really interesting, though, and what I think is uh, happening with tech, because we're really techified, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in our world, is that it's starting to become about connectivity between human beings, mm-hmm. right? And That's how do we exactly humanize right. tech? Yes. And so I come from a performing arts background, right? So I was a performer for years. Mm -hmm. And so I know how to connect with people. And I have self-taught myself everything 
when it comes to technology. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The best story I have is that, so when I was in theater, I I didn't want to wait tables anymore. And a group of friends, I know, can you believe it? (laughs) I didn't, I didn't want to take those orders anymore. And so a group of friends got together and we were going to produce this and I'll get back to the technology thing. It will yeah. all interconnect. But a group of friends wanted to produce like um, a, a one-act play festival or a, a festival of some sort about short plays. And so we got a group of people together, and it was through Collaboration Theater Company. And um, basically, we created this thing called Sketchbook, which was five-minute plays, um, some of them done by famous individuals and some of them done by local talent. And we would cast it, and we would have the plays happen as an artist was painting a backdrop as um, and then people would uh, somebody would spin records in between each show mm-hmm. and so I got uh, hit with the press list because I was the only person that had a computer this is in 1997 <laughs> yeah <laughs> I had a computer 97 was yeah. brand spanking brand new. Spanking. Yeah. Yeah. so I they're had, spinning albums they're spinning you've albums. got your computer I've got my so computer and I knew how to send a cutting JPEG. edge I knew how to send oh. a JPEG uh-huh. yes <laughs> Yeah. And so I and everyone could, else didn't even know what a JPEG was. No, so, I knew yep, what a JPEG yep. was. And so I could send a JPEG to to press people and a press release via the internet versus mailing them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I got like every press person to this thing that we did, and it got great reviews, and it ran for twenty years. I mean, it, it oh. only ended a couple of years ago. It was called Sketchbook and was down in Chicago. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But the, where it started, uh, and so where I started getting into even using technology associated with the arts was with um, Sketchbook and writing press releases and sending JPEGs. And, and so I self-taught myself everything when it came to technology. So I think I have this sort of ability to demystify it for somebody who might uh, like be overwhelmed by it and I also am not scared by it and I'm able to clumsily go through it mm. with an element of grace right. <laughs> right. so, right. so mm-hmm. you were one of the few people that had a computer you said correct well, I had a friend who n- built computers and so he built me a tower and kind of taught me oh, how to God. use yeah. it yeah. And, and so I didn't even buy my first computer until 2003, mm-hmm. when I moved to New York and I had to buy a laptop. Because when I lived in Chicago, my friend would just sort of help me mm-hmm. add components to because I was his test. How right? cool is that? It was totally cool. This fits the right timeline, though, because I, yeah. I would have been working selling computers around 97 mm-hmm. uh, in St. Cloud while I was going to school. I worked at Sears. And, and in 97, like we had a computer at home. We had a a Mac, mm-hmm. even though I'm not a Mac person anymore, but uh, and people would come into the store and they were almost every one of them was buying their first computer. And at the time, they they were debating between buying their first computer or buying a brother word processor mm-hmm. that had <laughs> because the computer didn't do a hell of a lot more Mm-mm. than the word processor, except play the a few games was bigger. It, well, and it had a screen, yeah. So the the word processor had just this tiny little screen that you could see the typing. Sorry. Yeah, I had one of those dot matrix yeah. or whatever. So you could you could see the last twenty characters that you typed, go back, correct it, and mm. then it would print it after. So it was like a typewriter with a little uh-huh. delay. Yeah, but the but most people were having in ninety seven. They were having a difficult time getting like things 
printed well. So, you, you know, mm -hmm. word processing, mm -hmm. the word processor actually did almost a better job than the computers if you didn't know how to use the computers. So mm -hmm. that would have been around that time. And yeah. it's, it, that's only 22 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it feels like... It feels like forever ago. It feels forever like we've ago. had phones and computers and oh everything's my. worked the way it works now forever. Yeah. But it didn't. And it's, it's so fascinating to a lot of the people I work with are millennials mm -hmm. and or people who have had technology most of their life. And um, I don't, I get along with them really well mm -hmm. you know? right. mm -hmm. <laughs> because to me, I, I like it, to me, it's exciting to talk to somebody who has had it in their life all the time. Right. And they're always fascinated by the fact that I haven't. And so that I've sort of self-taught mm -hmm. myself. And then, you know, as when I was in the theater industry, I was just always really quick with computer and all of that. But then I also, when websites started, I started teaching myself mm -hmm. WordPress mm -hmm. and, and sort of because the more skills I had, the more valuable I was to anywhere I went. Yep. And so I, I can figure out the back end of websites um, pretty well. Of course, I, I don't write HTML or anything like that, but I, right. don't, mm -hmm. I don't need to you know how to do to that. No. <laughs> no. But I know how to talk to somebody who's designing something and make it the way I want it. Mm -hmm. yep. So it's really all of where I am right now, I think, is mostly come because I know how to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And then I just happen to not be afraid of technology. And you're a problem solver. Yes. Which, you know, yeah, that's I a skill. So. I mean... I've never put it all together like this, but I was selling computers and I had a, a relatively decent understanding of how computers worked yeah. in, you know, college. But did I know how to program? No. Foreign, completely foreign concept to me. Could I, you know, can I fix things? Bumble and, around. And be an yeah. IT yeah. guy? Nah, I can, uh. nah, you know, but I can help. Yeah. yeah. I'm you more helpful than to... I am destructive. Sure. Yeah. And then... Uh, I taught myself Dreamweaver. So if you so, but I've never thought of like the connection between me just playing around because I've always mm -hmm. thought everyone else is so much better at this. Mm. The people who are really good at it, yeah. But the people who are who've studied it and who are really good at it, they they're the first wave of makers of programs and of uses mm -hmm. of this technology. Mm -hmm. And I think it's people like us who are kind of the second wave of making tools, digital tools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're the ones who didn't get into the programming side, mm -hmm. but we do want to solve problems with what they've created for us. Yep. Yeah, and we're bringing a level of humanity to it, mm -hmm. yes. I think, which is really important in the next journey of technology, mm -hmm. is that whole level of, of how is it human and how does it solve problems in a human way, you know? Yep. And so it's... Um, yeah, it's an interesting journey. I, I guess I don't really think of myself as somebody who's involved with technology. I think mm. of myself right. as somebody who's involved with people. Yeah. Well, we talk a lot about, you know, because of the age that we fall into is that bridge of, you know, bridging analog to digital. You know, I uh -huh. mean, once all of us are gone, I mean, then it's just a digital yeah. people mm -hmm, that exist. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's what makes this interesting. And that's where that human aspect comes into yeah. it, I think. Yeah. You know, it's like trying to grab some of the things from the past, bringing it forward, bridging those, yeah, making those connections. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what yeah, we're doing. Yeah, because it, and you can go back in history, uh, when new technologies come out, printing, press, uh, radio, mm -hmm. film. TV. TV. <laughs> these things have all, for at least some brief period of time, kind of torn the fabric of society apart a yes. bit. Yeah. Because 
the the first uses of it do certain things and uh and, and until you kind of figure out how to put society back together weave it back together and figure out how to use that technology for a positive it tends to get used not purposefully as a negative at first but mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know it, well it's so interesting you know we it, I think because of the inundation of information that we have now is that we've, we have forgotten how new this still is. Right. Right. And so I feel like we're starting to become a, come to sort of a renaissance with technology mm. in some ways, I hope. Mm-hmm. I think know? so too. Yeah. Because we talk about that a lot. It moves uh, so quickly. And I think that I just like, I watch my daughter interacting with it. You know, I mentioned before she's eight, and just sort of how she uses it, and what what it is to her, and how it's and, and what it's going to be for her as she gets older. You know, like we've had these issues at her school of about access and how kids can break down the firewalls immediately and look back in elementary, <laughs> right. and they're getting access to these things that are you know terrifying right. <laughs> sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. and and that to her. And like the school system doesn't even have, um, you know, they'll have the the good bad aspect of internet and technology, right? So bla- very black and white. Mm-hmm. And I remember I ha- I recently had this conversation um, with the PTA about, you know, is there an opportunity for us to start? Because the the thing you don't want to do is break curiosity of a child, mm. right? And so the internet is this it's wealth of curiosity. And so how can we? teach them to be curious and self-aware and use it safely versus being don't do that black white right. because right. that don't do that is where that creates i think oh, yeah. the problems right you know because like why why yeah. don't do that why don't oh i'm gonna do it anyway you right know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> no quicker way yeah. to get a kid to do something like why? Tell them you not said to don't do yeah mm. okay sure <laughs> exactly and so but it's just i i find it amazing that why is there not a, a, a class that's that's a, a a daily or a weekly class. I mean, like it, like math that is technology. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, why isn't that there yet? <laughs> and it's not. It, it, I, I don't I think mean, it is. Well, I think it, it's because it's still new. I mean, we're kind of just learning right now. Yeah. And but, you school know. systems, public school systems, take forever to actually because uh-huh. then you know they have to look at the core and what's the you know, uh-huh. what's the, you know how does it apply to every aspect. Yeah, I talked about this a while back. Uh, with because my kids are you know they're using technology I see I think they do learn certain things about technology in school but I don't think they I don't think they necessarily are taught the social part of it no yeah. and and maybe that's what you're talking about yeah uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah because um, you know like my my now seventh grader but when he was in fifth grade he he started using Google Hangouts to communicate with this group of kids from school and and that's okay because it, he didn't have a SIM card in his phone, but he had a, an old phone of mine. But he's hooked up to the internet at home, so he can. It's like texting, and but then I would read through what they were texting, and I don't think anyone was telling them. Oh, by the way, this stuff lives forever, yeah. <laughs> you know. And and you might want to be careful about what you put on here. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at it oh, like, holy yeah. shit, you know. They're yes. they're getting into they're things having that kid sh- conversations, which is cute, and I love it. But really, yeah. you want these things to be just between you and your friends. Yeah, you want them to actually just they shouldn't. You know, exist. you say it, and then it. You that know. is the whole thing, like your technology footprint. That right. I have to say, like, right. I think 
like I've not really looked fully at mine, but I don't think that like it's an interesting footprint. You see all the things that I've been involved with, you know, because like I sort of feel like I had a really different life from 2003 past, you know, and um, but that technology footprint, I think, is really going to bite some people. Mm -hmm. Oh, for Mm -hmm. sure. You know, it already is for some people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and but teaching kids early on, not not necessarily directing them and telling them exactly how to do everything, but just like you should be aware of these things. Yes, this that thing. awareness element. Yeah. I don't. I don't think is being taught in a way that's not restrictive. Like yeah. it, 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 it. I don't feel, at least from my youth, my child, that it's being taught in a way that allows her to be curious and not. Um, I'm going to break the rules. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so I just, I think there's room for that in our world. I do too. I think that would actually be a really great course to put out there for Wouldn't kids. It? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, project. Some, I, there's some things that are out there um, where people are trying to use technology and, and aware, self-awareness uh, sort of about how to use it. But I don't know. I'm just surprised they're not in the school systems, but I think they, they move a little slower. They're well, like nonprofits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, let's. Pretend to take a quick break here, shall we? Quick break. Quick break. (laughs) Today's show is brought to you by the Andalin app, a first-of-its-kind digital legacy preservation app that allows you to digitally attach photos, videos, and audio recordings to the places and objects you love. Imagine hearing your grandmother's voice telling the stories of your family heirlooms. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin, available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andalin.app for more information. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what is not? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeler servicing residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consultation. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit packsimply.com. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. His strong connections in the Minnesota art world give him a unique perspective on the talented pool of artists from our region. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more. All right. Do you want to go on a wilderness adventure with me, Sam? Or maybe you know a group of kids who could benefit from an extended break from their electronics. Or maybe you just need a break from those kids. Visit earthedfound.org for more information about how to get started. For information about becoming a sponsor of Legacy Matters, please visit LegacyMattersPodcast.com. Well, that was quite a break. And <laughs> we're back. Break. Quite yeah. a break. And we're back. Lily's oh. still with us. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. So Welcome. the only reason, I mean, the, the break is an ed- editing thing. No but one I, cares. No one cares. No. I know. But my dad mentioned that it's <laughs> <laughs> my father in his critique that, that we kind of take these breaks and 
and uh, it maybe disrupts the flow of the conversation. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. I get, well, I get well this one didn't. We no. just didn't record. <laughs> so, <laughs> we were on fire. So, Jim, you love to say the artist's hand. Yeah, so well, you, so yeah. during the break, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, we were kind of talking about us as a company and sort of like, you know, this hyper sort of one side of connectivity, you know, we're in the digital realm, mm-hmm. um, trying to make connections. But then at the same time, this podcast, having you in is mm-hmm. is a direct throwback to where we sit with you. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. physically here and yeah. we have a conversation. And, and then, then I you, mentioned the art that is surrounding mm, us. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And last night during our event, um, I had a few conversations, and, and this is something that I'm kind of struggling with, and that is what is an image today? What What is the importance of an image? What mm-hmm. is the importance of art? And mm-hmm. is the artist hand relevant? You know, how how important is that in a world that seems to be progressively drawn towards like say instagram so now there's instagram artists there's instagram or tiktok which is yeah you know, a very quick vignette of <laughs> right right the world i think I yeah i don't know but yeah. it's a different form of creativity so where it does is. the physical right art... and i don't think you can ever lose the no. artist hand but but you know it's sort of like what we do i mean one side we're in the digital but then here this right here is mm-hmm. the physical yeah you know i guess you know the artist's hand, I mean, there would be no basis for somebody to be creative or to be that Instagram artist if the artist's hand wasn't initially involved, right? I mean, it sets this this right. um, uh, standard, this degree, this other world. You know, the artist, I think, everyone is an artist to a degree. Right? Mm-hmm. And some are uh, leaded as a career. Some, I mean, the best artists they always say were never found, right? Like, yeah, like they always mm-hmm. said for, for you know for stage performers, you know, the best actress was was ne- died on stage and was never known, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, I think what is fantastic now is that the artist world is actually starting to get more um, visibility through digital than they have had the ability to be before, right? right? Both from like Instagram and visually seeing it. I think artists are involved with the creation of technology in a way because, and look at the whole world of AI. I mean, we haven't right. even touched what is capable of that. Right. And the creativity and art- artistic ability of the worlds that are being created in AI. Right. And the artist will be mandatory in that because mm-hmm. the artist creates story. It create they create worlds, you know, and I, I don't think and I think the artist's hand is of the utmost importance in making that happen. Because I think that people who are more and, and I find that so much in my life, you know, I used to work at the Guthrie Theater. I ran, I worked in the education department there. And we started um, with an entrepreneur named Chris Carlson. Uh, um, it was team building through artistic artistry. And so, you know, team building, it's not that somebody hadn't done team building before. Right. But the, what he brought to it was this, um, by taking 
the the language of arts by taking games that artists played it brought out these these corporate individuals a sense of play mm-hmm. and wonder mm-hmm. that you forget to have mm-hmm. in your daily life mm-hmm. and I, I even now with like the things that i do i constantly have to remind myself to play i forget yeah. to do it with my daughter i forget to and what what that brings to you is it it's that self-awareness it's that period of pause it's that time in which your brain can stop and you know, they always say that when you laugh, that's when you remember things, right? Hmm. Or when you cry, that's mm-hmm. when you remember, th- during those periods yeah. of time of emotion. Right. And so we would do that with this corporate training. And so I think that the world of art uh, can never leave the world of technology or humanity. And I think as we have gone really far tech-wise, um, I think it's really important that we're moving more towards bringing more artists into it. Because to me, those it's a necessary world. So that was kind of like uh, even sort of the core of what we did last night, you know, was this cross-pollinization mm-hmm. of different disciplines, you know. And that's sort of what we do as a company, too, is, mm-hmm. you know, we have different people with different backgrounds and how they kind of interact to create, to so go important. forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, like, when you're when you're talking about the artist's hand, like, so there's a, there's a difference... I don't think art's ever been a fair world. Like there, there have been, you know, and an, if an artist is really good, but uh, there's there's going to be fifty other artists who never get recognized. Like you know, yeah. like you were talking about. So it's never been a fair world. It's always been the better marketers or or lucky people who or, or, lucky, or lucky break mm-hmm. or people who find a prolific artist and then and then market it. Mm-hmm. And they never actually mm-hmm. made a dime off of it, the artist, but the other person elevates it. So, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe maybe there's more of a democratization of the fairness of art mm-hmm. in what we're doing these days because there oh, are... That's interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, there yeah. are more ways to get people to see your art, Yeah, but that means your competition, the pool of competition is much broader and yeah. there's not a central so, source yeah. property. Super interesting. And and this I'll just throw this out just um because this was the topic last night too is that um here in the Twin Cities there's the new restoration hardware anchor store. Yeah. That's gigantic. Gig- right? Huge. It has a and restaurant in it. Square, square feet. feet Isn't right? it a restaurant on like yeah. the yes, third there is. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. <laughs> but, Did it- Oh. But all right, let me let me just say this because because it's sort of like this interesting thing, right? So you go in there and they sell these huge paintings for mm-hmm. X amount, not cheap, mm-hmm. right? But they're they're three D printed, you know. So mm-hmm. like for instance, like a painting like this, it's three D printed. So the paint, you know, you it gives you oh, the so it's illusion got mimics oh, that there's gosh. actual paint. I mean, the thing oh, is completely goodness. worthless, right? I mean, you could probably sell it on Craigslist for. <laughs> half or you know a quarter what you would buy it for so it's not it's it's right it's but taking it's and mapping right, some right. of right. the but, yep. but yep. sort of it's interesting because that was like well how important it, what is an image today and what is some you know is it just the fact that it's vetted in this environment that that oh, makes yeah. it all of a sudden like mm-hmm. you know and do people trust their own opinion people are you being know spoon- you and or, i had a long discussion about this right. so restoration hardware will not be sponsoring this podcast but, <laughs> <laughs> but we they, talked they about it won't be. <laughs> we talked about it because we're on it we whatever we're honest about our opinions here um people need to be spoon-fed a lot of times 
And that's right. how branding, mm-hmm. you know, I well, come from a marketing background. I get all yeah, the branding, yeah. but there need to be spoon fed that this is what luxury personifies or I have the money. Yes. So if someone's going to walk into my house. They're going to know it's restoration hardware. So I'm right. good. They that's can't a plus. have that, any creativity or like the that one, one painting has been <laughs> mass produced, you know, and to so every single, and you order it and it's yeah. a 3D printing of it, yeah. you know, so it's, so it's just sort of interesting because that is a combination also of technology and where we uh-huh. are today. I think it, I, what's interesting though, so okay, <laughs> I, I want to, uh, yes, I want to push back a little bit with the way, like I do see, like for example, my husband and I are finally getting to this point where we have pursued and wanted to be able to purchase original art like mm-hmm. our goal is right. to have everything that's on our wall will at some point be original art not just photographs we take or not framed maps but but will be our original art from local artists or other artists because his parents have like stuff like that right. and so that is something we really are striving towards and i think what i find fascinating is that the wealthy think that restoration hardware is like this is that like this sort of it's an it's not super wealthy the people right. who are going to buy real like mm-hmm. the real real art mm-hmm. right yeah. but it's those people who are well off enough but yet they they haven't really connected to an artistic like appreciation uh-huh. Uh-huh. but this will look good uh-huh. right? right but then i do think there is a whole new generation of people coming up that uh, really do want to connect to the the smaller, more local, yep. you know, so that the real is artists. Absolutely correct, because yeah. that is yep. also something that we talk about, and that's where the all the handmade, yep. you know, craft boutique. Yep. I mean, there's a whole growth of that. I was just here in, in the Twin Cities. Yeah, especially. I was just in Chattanooga, Tennessee, yeah. where um, the Coast Starter Program was originally uh, created. Which, mind you, it was created for artists. And, and then they feel, and then they realized entrepreneurs didn't know how to run a business either. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> they, they right. But in Chattanooga, you go down this one road, and like every other store is a local store, mm-hmm. but there's no competition. Like every thing, every location has different artwork. I've different. been to Chattanooga, believe it or not. Oh, I have. You? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so cool. It's really pretty. Yeah. Um, Lookout Mountain is right there. I mean, it's uh-huh. beautiful. But the restaurants and just the space, and yep. I can't remember the name of the street, but you're right. It's all newer yep. spaces and everyone's very creative. Yep. I'm like, this is great. They had a, hot, yeah. so what I heard was they had a really hard time during the recession. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so they really needed to have a comeback. And that's kind of where co-starters started coming okay. out of, was that these artists, um, wanted, people needed to start creating their own economy. Mm-hmm. And so co-starters sort of evolved from that. And now it's grown into like ecosystem building. Mm-hmm. And, that's great. Uh, larger capacities. And they now have also partnered with startup space in order to su- sort of support that. So it's mm-hmm. like everything is intertwined. I love that. It is. I love that. Yes. <laughs> it is. But but I like I I mean art will never be gone in No, in and it, and it definitely yeah. won't. I mean this was a, you know, just kind of at the tail end of the conversation that we had last night, it's sort of yeah. about image, you know, and and what how important it is and and how much of it lives, how much time we spent in oh this goodness. 2D sort of yes. realm, the screen. Oh, 2D, yeah, that's you know? a good way of putting it. Yeah. 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 So. But I, I do get a little leery 
of the 3D AI, 4D virtual that's coming. Oh, it freaks me out. It does. I love it. He loves it. it. Oh, my God. Yeah, have you been to, like, REM 5 or anything like that? Yeah, I went to, where's the place that's over? It's by... (laughs) By uh, Ridgedale. There's one over there. Okay, no, this is where... um, By Trader Joe's, which is the REM 5 one over in St. Louis Park. No, this is over by Can Can Wonderland. (laughs) Oh, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. a place over right. by CanCan. I have not been over. Th- I, I know exactly. Or, or no, Vandalia about. over by Lake Monster. Yeah. So I'd oh, say yeah, all yeah. those people that could sure. be sponsors. Lake right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there, you Lake can Monster rules. Lake Monster. Lake Monster. Yeah, you, can, you can add restoration hardware to a long list of people that aren't. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> including the, and, including and I don't our, hate... our friends in the, at the city of St. Paul. Yeah, well, <laughs> now, I am just and, defended that. And I've the city just, of Crystal. It I've ain't happening. Cri- I've yeah, Crystol definitely the city isn't Paul. doing it now. Sorry, Crystal. I, uh, I hate to point this out because yeah. I actually wish we had a lot more time. But, you can make more time. I'll come back. Yeah, you okay. should definitely come Perfect. back. William, okay. Yep. So in the last, in the closing moments yeah. here, yeah. Um, unfortunately, we got to let you go. Yeah. But uh, is and this is that's my fault. Yeah, well, it's, it's fine. <laughs> we also talked for an hour before we recorded, so <laughs> <laughs> and we should know oh, better. Okay. Uh, yeah, is there anything that you want to, you know, sort of plug of your own? You know, you've already talked yeah. about the things that you're doing. Yeah. I think that's yeah. great. But is yeah. there anything you want to get out there yeah, in the how world can people f- to our listeners? Find your the apps that find, you're working yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. So they could. Um, so Startup Space is available um, to download mm-hmm. um, in the App Store. And so um, if you are an entrepreneur in the state of Minnesota or really anywhere, <laughs> you can download <laughs> Startup Space yep. and start interacting and playing with it. It will uh, geofence you to your location that you're at. Um, and you can start accessing. You can always reach me at Startup Space as well. You can go to startupspace.app uh, online and be able to reach our community. And then also mm-hmm. co-starters. If you are somebody who is looking to, uh, you have an idea and it's a burning idea that you want to test, somebody could get involved with co-starters. Um, and then lastly, I, I think anyone who has a business that wants to share it with the community, for the community, by the community, that pitching at One Million Cup St. Paul is, and it's not a pitch, it's a presentation. Mm-hmm. We did it. Yep. Yep. We did it. And I yep. will say that it was, yeah. uh, it was a good experience for us. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's a nice venue. It's a safe place yes, exactly. mm-hmm. to go and run through, yep. you know, kind of talk about what you're doing yep. and get some feedback on it. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I like, I would invite, encourage you guys to, to come back too, because mm-hmm. it's not just a, a discussion to have once. Mm-hmm. As oh we no, we'll, we'll so, definitely do it yes, again. So One Million sure. Cups St. Paul, Startup Space and Co-Starters. Awesome. Great. All right, yeah. great. Yeah. Lily, thanks Thank for coming much. in. Oh, Thank you. Thanks for having me. Lily Love. Lily Love. That's awesome. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalyn, and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care.